Jesus brings peace to our confusion and chaos. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends, and happy Friday. We are moving on today in Luke chapter 24. We're going to be in verses 36 through 49. And this is Jesus appearing to the disciples as they're gathered together um, uh, post-crucifixion. Now they are uh, gathered with three stories of different sightings of Jesus since the women at the tomb found um, that his body was not there and were told by the angels that he is alive. And so now they're still gathered and talking about all of the events um, of the week. And in this particular passage, Jesus um, enters the room and he greets them with his peace. I was thinking about this and how important it is uh, that we reflect on this in our own lives, how often we find ourselves in places of confusion, disappointment, chaos, Um, places of sorrow and pain where uh, we're just sort of left with our own thoughts and wondering where God is in the midst of it all. And then when the Lord enters the frame (laughs) or when our awareness of his presence with us becomes heightened, um, what Jesus does when he enters that space, when he enters the room, is he brings his peace uh, Jesus' peace is a supernatural thing. This is not um, this is not a simple thing. This is a supernatural expression of peace. When He comes into our challenges and our hardships and our chaos and our fear and our problems, and He brings His peace, He brings a supernatural gift of peace into that situation, so that He instills within our hearts a sense that we're going to be okay, that we're going to be able to ride this out, we're going to be able to get through this, that on the other side of this, there's still life to be lived, and there's still lessons to be learned, and there's still good to be had. And that is a piece that cannot be manufactured uh, within us. That is a piece that Jesus gifts to us on the basis of the fact that he's faithful to his promises. If we cry out to him in our unknowing, if we cry out to him in our disappointment, if we cry out to him in our fear, in our hurt, uh, he is faithful to come and he is faithful to respond. And often the first thing he does is bring peace into a situation that has really disrupted us. And I love that this passage begins with Jesus coming into the room (laughs) and bringing the gift of peace. And we'll go on in the text here shortly, but before we do that, let's commit our time to the Lord. Heavenly Father, you've been so faithful this week, Lord God. We see your hand at work everywhere we look. And we give you thanks, Lord, that uh, you've been faithful to teach us through your word this week. Um, We're coming to the conclusion of Luke's gospel, and it's been an amazing journey. And you have taught us so much, and we pray that you would continue to teach us through your word today. Help us to arrive at this time of study with open hearts, open ears, open minds to what you want to do and what you want to say, and willing spirits to receive uh, the teaching that you have for each of us. 
And the teaching you have for me might not specifically be the teaching you have some for someone else. But I pray that you would hone your message to each of our hearts in just the right way. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, this is Luke 24, 36 through 49. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do you, why did doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it, because believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but you stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So Jesus uh, has his first encounter with the wider group of disciples. Uh, He's appeared to the women at the tomb, the men on the road to Emmaus, and also to Simon Peter. But now he's appearing to the group of them, and they're still talking about the events of the week. They're gathered somewhere together, and Jesus came and stood among them, and he supernaturally entered the room. He just appeared. And the message he came with uh, for each of them, the message he began uh, his conversation with was, peace be with you. <laughs> I'm so grateful when Jesus enters the situations that I'm facing and brings the gift of his peace. It's a supernatural gift and it is a wonderful gift. It is the thing that steadies us and stays us for the journey. And when that peace arrives, despite what we're going through, uh, we are confident we're going to make it because it's the peace that our Lord gives us. It's the gift of just knowing that Jesus will be with us through it, and that will be enough. Uh, Luke tells us in verse 37 that the disciples were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And Jesus questions them about their doubts. What's going on? Why do you have these doubts rising in your minds? He says, just look at me. Look at my hands and look at my feet. It's, It's me. Touch them and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And so Jesus uh, is is back, and I imagine there was something radiant about his resurrected body. But the thing, the point he's trying to make to them is, I'm not a ghost. I'm not an apparition. I'm not a, a vision. I'm a real being. And so the point that he's making is that resurrected bodies are real bodies. This might be a, a, a somewhat glorified body. It might There might be a a shine of glory about him, but he had a real physical body. And to prove it, he asked them if they had anything there to eat, and they gave him a broiled fish. And in their presence, he ate it. (laughs) So they could see that 
this food wasn't just going to come through him because he was some sort of ghostly apparition. Um, he wasn't that at all. He was the real Jesus in a real body, appearing in real time to his real disciples. And uh, he said to them in that moment, because he knew that the doubts were rising, he knew that there were still questions. He says, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that's written about me in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms. And then I find it very interesting what Luke says in verse 45. He says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. <laughs> Is that not what the Holy Spirit of God does in each of our minds, in each of our spirits, in each of our hearts? He opens our minds, he opens our spirits so we can understand the scriptures. So that we're not clouded by doubt, so we're not clouded by our questions, so we're not clouded by what other people say the Bible means, but the Holy Spirit opens our minds so that we can understand the scriptures. That's insight and understanding. That's discernment of the word. And Jesus was doing that in this moment in the minds of his disciples. He's God, the Son. He can do this. God, the Holy Spirit, can do that in us. He's God's presence for our time. And he does the same. He opens our minds and hearts to receive the scriptures, to understand them so we can apply them to our lives. And then he told them this is what was written. He kind of went back through the teachings about what the Messiah would have to experience. He was again making his case so they were clear on the facts. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. This is kind of a precursor to the things that Jesus says to them in Acts chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. Um, he's giving them their marching orders. He's beginning to describe what their work will be in his absence. He will preach the forgiveness of sins and repentance. Uh, and you'll preach this to all the nations starting right where you are here in Jerusalem. He says, you're witnesses of these things. <laughs> Who better to preach the message? And uh, the same is true for us. We are witnesses of the power of God uh, through the person of Jesus Christ, alive in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, bringing transformation into our lives, turning sinners into saints. Saints are not perfected people uh, or perfect people. Saints are uh, committed followers of Jesus who once were sinners who are now being perfected by his grace and mercy and love. Uh, we will not be the completed uh, works <laughs> until the Lord returns for us. Uh, just like what Paul says in Philippians 1, I believe verse 6, that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the day of Christ. And so we are, we are his witnesses. We have seen the transforming power of his love. We have seen the transforming power of mercy and grace. And who better to bring the message? We are witnesses of these things. And he says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. He's, he's reminding them of what he taught in John chapter 14, that the Holy Spirit would come as counselor, as teacher, as convictor, um, to keep us on track, to, to live within us and through us so that we can be faithful to our commitment to Jesus. So he's going to send the Holy Spirit, but then he says, stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. 
this is a, a foreshadowing of what will take place in Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost. They're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. They're going to receive power from on high. He says, stay in Jerusalem until that happens. And that is precisely what happens in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit comes with tongues of fire and, and a powerful display of heavenly supernatural power. And the Spirit falls on the believers and they're empowered for these works of ministry that Jesus is telling them they'll do. They'll, they will witness to repentance and forgiveness of sins to all the nations, and they're going to start right in Jerusalem, as Jesus has said. But they have to wait uh, until the power source comes. <laughs> and so twice Jesus makes allusions to the Holy Spirit, the promised gift of the Father that will come to them, and they'll be clothed with power from on high. My friends, do you feel like sometimes your Christian journey is way less than clothed with power from on high? Do you feel like your Christian experience lacks something of that Holy Spirit power, lacks something of that Pentecost power? I know there are times on my journey where it seems uh, like that power is, is nowhere to be found. And then as I plug in with the Word and as I plug in with Jesus, I, I, I sense that I have received this gift of the Holy Spirit. And that I am empowered, not just for the living of my days, but to be a witness for Jesus in this world. I am empowered to speak truth. I am empowered to have impact for the kingdom. And the Holy Spirit lives within us. And then the Holy Spirit is faithful to live through us as we commit ourselves to the ways of God, as we commit ourselves to be his witnesses in the world. And my friends, I pray that each of us would have a fresh experience, a fresh encounter with this power from on high, the Holy Spirit, that we would have our own Pentecost revival within our hearts so that we might be faithful to carry out the work uh, to which he has called us, that we might witness to repentance and forgiveness in Christ, and uh, that we are those witnesses as we have experienced the powerful transformation that comes from knowing Jesus. All right, my friends, God bless you. Thanks so much for taking time to study with me today, and have a great weekend.